Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. It's good to be in church. It's good to be hanging out with, with people like you, people that believe God. Anything is possible when we believe God. You know that? Don't be sitting in your circumstances today, whatever they might be, and think you're stuck. Because all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. I'll tell you what, that's why I can say there's better days ahead. You know, there might even be good right now, and thank God if there is, but there's better days ahead. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy 28, I'm just going to go there this morning to start us out. You know, Moses told the people of God uh, that if they diligently obey God's voice and observe, to, to observe their covenant very carefully, he said this, that, they, that God would set them on high above all the nations of the earth. And in verse 13, I love this verse, we say it often, it says this, that the Lord would make us the head and not the tail, and we'd be above only and not beneath. He'd make us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Well, we're going to talk, we're going to start a new series today. And and what we're going to talk about is unders and overs, okay? Unders and overs. And and to be more specific, what I'm going to talk about is unders that'll put you over. Unders that'll put you over. Say, I'm ready to go over. Hallelujah. You know, people don't want to be under. Nobody wants to be under in this life. I mean, people talk about being under the weather. People talk about being under pressure. People talk about being under circumstances. But God doesn't want us to be under those kind of things. There are, but there are unders that God has given us that will put us over in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Here, I'm going to read this to you. There was a mother who saw a thunderstorm forming in the mid-afternoon, and she was worried about her seven-year-old daughter who would be walking three blocks from school to home. This sounds like Dana. Anyway, so deciding to meet her, the mother saw her walking nonchalantly along, stepping to smile whenever the lightning flashed. Seeing her mother, the little girl ran to her and explained happily, all the way home, God has been taking my picture. <laughs> so there's perspective in life, you know? And, 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 you know, if you have the wrong perspective in life, you know, you can be engulfed in fear. But if you get the right perspective in life, you can walk around smiling and thinking God is taking your picture all the time. In Psalm 91, here we're going to an under. We're going to an under. In Psalm 91, in verse 1, it says this. I, this is one of my favorite psalms. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So the under that I want to talk about today is staying under the shadow of the Almighty God. It goes on to say this, I'll say of the Lord, He's my refuge, He's my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. 
Surely he'll deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise of the perilous pestilence, and he'll cover me with his feathers, and under his wings I'll take refuge. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. I love that. I love that psalm. There's such, it's such a psalm of protection. I remember when 9-11 happened, I think here in the church we preached on Psalm 91 for about two months, you know, and just talked about the, the benefits of, of being under God's protection. Hallelujah. But I, I was reading in a book by Mark Brzee. Anybody know Mark Brzee? Yeah. You know, uh, Faye, you know, reads his devotional and, you know, he's got a devotional called Prescription for Healing. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, it, it's, oh yeah, they've changed the title about four times. It used to be called Prescription for a Miracle. Then it went to Prescription for Healing. Now it's called 365 Days of Healing. And, and it's a great book. But I was reading in one of Mark's books and he told a story about some soldiers in World War I. And, and these soldiers were serving on the front lines. And, and they had a Bible, thank God. And they made a, a decision that every day they would read Psalm 91. And so they read that every day out loud. And, well, here's the end. The end of the story is this, that they went through the war. And these guys, again, were in the thick of battle. And at the end of the day... Not one of them was killed or severely injured. You know, there is a protection that's there for the believer. There's a protection that's there for you and me. And I'm telling you what, I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I want to stay under the mighty hand of God. I want to live in that place. Hallelujah. Under his wing, under his wing. You see, it gives a picture, under his wing, it gives a picture of like a mother hen and, and protecting her chicks. And you know, the picture I'm getting is, man, you don't want to mess with that mother hen. You know, she's protecting them babies. And, and you know, I tell you what, you don't mess with mamas. <laughs> so, so, you know, people take all kinds of, well, is God a bird? Is God a, no, that isn't what I'm getting from that at all. What it is is a protection. It's a picture of protection. And God is that for us. There's a secret place that we can abide, and it's under his shadow. In Psalm 17, verse 8, it says this. It says, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. You know, it's a dark world that we live in, and it's been dark since the, the fall of man. There's been darkness on the earth. But I'm telling you this, God is greater than any darkness we're facing. And there is a place we can walk in Him that's full of protection. Yeah, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One translation of Psalm 91 talks about keeping us free from accidents. I like that. I like that up here in the Northland. You know, I hate, I hate accidents. You know, I've had one fall already this winter. You, you know how it is in the winter when you're up here in the Northland? This is me. I'm shoveling snow, and I hit ice, and I'm on my back. I'm quickly, I'm quickly recovering, getting up, and the next thing I do is I'm looking around to see if anybody saw me. And then I'm like, I'm on my way. No harm, no harm, not even a bruise. It was fine, but praise the Lord. Glory to God for his hand upon our life. 
First Peter chapter five, let's look at this. I'm just giving you a message of encouragement this morning. And I tell you what, I'm giving it to me too. You know, I need my brain washed regularly because I can get to thinking the wrong way. I can, get, I can get outside the realm of protection by how I'm thinking. My perspective in life can determine where I'm going. And, and I tell you what, I have to come back to the Word. I have to come back to God. I have to come back to what He's telling me and hold fast to that. That's the war that we're in. There's a battle going on, I tell you. It's going on between our ears. And there's all kinds of trash that tries to infiltrate our heads and, and, and dominate our thinking. But we have to constantly go back and say, all right, this is what I believe. This is what I'm thinking like. I'm thinking like the Word says. I'm thinking like a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm thinking like the resurrection, the death, burial, and resurrection. It's a reality, and I am living on the other side of it. What a day we're living in. What a day, the day that the prophets looked into and, and, and rejoiced. We're living in that day. We're living in the reality of that day. We're not living in the day where they had to kill goats and, 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 and lambs and things for us. We're living in the day where Jesus once and for all paid the price. We're living in the day of forgiveness and freedom. Hallelujah. Freedom for what? Freedom to be free from, from all of the devil's bondage. You know, people don't understand freedom sometimes. They think freedom, well, if you get too free, you're just, you're living loose and, you know, you're living far from God. No, freedom means this. It means that I'm free from all those demonic attachments and I'm free to be the person that God has made me to be. That's what freedom's about. First Peter chapter 5, you know, we're talking about being under. In verse 5, it says this, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, we need to stay humble, you know, in this life. We need to stay humble. Humble doesn't mean poor as a church mouse. Humble doesn't mean, you know, walking around with your head hung low. Humble just means this, that you see the big picture. And you see this, that, that God is your source. God is the one that puts you up in life. It isn't because we're so cool or because, you know, we're, we're doing everything right, but it's because of his hand upon us. That's humility. Sometimes, really, the truth is humility is being able to receive. See, pride is I can do it myself, you know. I don't need anybody. I don't need nothing. And it gets into the realm of I don't even need God. I can do all this on my own. Well, there's something about being independent, but there's something about being prideful. And, and being humble is, is someone who's able to receive. Able to receive. You know, sometimes people, I have to fight this sometimes. Because sometimes I can be proud. You know? Sometimes somebody will try to give you something. You go, oh, I don't need that. I'm okay. I'm okay. You know? I remember one time somebody gave me this pen. And it's something I would never go out and buy. It was this pen. It, you know what a Mont Blanc pen is? I didn't know what it was. But this, somebody gave me this. It was when I turned 40 years old. Someone gave me a Mont Blanc pen. And, and you know, you look it up. I mean, they're hundreds of dollars, you know. And, and, and uh, I was careful when I even wore it. In fact, I don't, I don't wear it hardly ever. But, but I remember one time I was wearing it, and someone came up to me and said, Wow. They knew what it was. They said, wow, that's a Mont Blanc pen. I got embarrassed. Well, I started giving excuses for why I even had it. And I thought, well, why am I doing that? 
Be humble. I, re- I just want to receive. I want to receive. I remember when I was at Rama, one of our instructors, um, in fact, he was the dean of instructors. His name was Bob Yandian. Not Indian, but Yandian. And he's a good teacher. I'll tell you, the first day of Rama, I had Bob as my first class, first you know, Monday morning, nine, whatever time it was, eight o'clock. And I'm unsuspecting young man walking into Bible class and I sit down in a seat that was for me and, and, and then all of a sudden this teacher gets let loose on me. My goodness, I felt like I was being hit by a machine gun. It was like, whoa, guy would just rip the truth out at you and, and it, was, it was great. It was a good kind of machine gun. But I remember Bob said this. In fact, there was a picture of him in the yearbook uh, where he was sitting on a pile of money and, and, and treasures and things, and the caption read, boy, am I humble. <laughs> boy, am I humble, because he was receiving, you know? Well, here he goes on, he says this, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he can exalt us in due time. Well, here's, here's, he goes on, he goes on and tells us how to do that. How do we do that? By casting our cares upon him. Casting our cares upon him for he cares for us. Let me continue. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. I mean, there's a whole mouthful in there. Basically this, there's, a, there's an enemy in the world. It's the devil, and he's out to eat your lunch, okay, to gobble it up. And, and, and the things that you and I are going through, I mean, they're, 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 they're the same things everybody else is going through. When we're in our little cubby, it, it, it seems like we're the only ones going through it. But if we knew the truth, you know, there's the same kind of pressures that we get under from time to time are very similar to what other people get under. And, 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 and here's the deal. The Bible tells us this. He says, you know, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due time. How do you do that? By casting our cares on him. Us going through life with the attitude that we can fix everything that goes on is an error. Should you try to fix some things? Well, sure. But I tell you what, the thing that we need to constantly do is say, Lord, I need your help. I'm casting my cares on you. I'm not going to be a pack mule going through this life, carrying the cares of the world or my life, but I give them to you, and I'm trusting you. That is a recipe for victory. That's a recipe for going over by going under. What are you going under? Under his mighty hand. What does he do? He exalts you. He puts you over. When you trust him, when you, when you throw your, your cares on him, he takes them and he puts you up. He pushes you over. All right, I'm going to give you a few. Isaiah 43, verse 10. I'm going to go kind of quick. Praise the Lord, because you don't see the clock, but I do, and I'm doing my best to get you out on time. You're my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant, servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. And before me there is no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. What are you saying here? 
There's no God like our God. You can trust him with your life. You can call upon him knowing that he'll answer you. Exodus 18, there's a story here of Jethro. Do you know who Jethro is? Jethro is Moses' father-in-law. And here's what Jethro said. He said, this is after the children of Israel had been delivered from the Egyptian bondage. After they'd gone through the Red Sea and, 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 and they made it through on dry land and, and their enemies were drowned in that very same sea. Jethro said, blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods for in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. You know, here's a guy who watched history happen. He watched his son-in-law you know, and God used him to deliver the people. And Jethro, sitting back, I'm sure stroking his beard, says, wow, now I know there's no God like our God. No God like I Say this, say, there's no God like our God. That was Exodus 18, 10, and 11. Jeremiah 32, 17, it says this, Ah, Lord God, Behold, you have made the heaven and the earth by your great power and your stretched out arm, and there's nothing too hard for thee, nothing too hard for God. Nothing that you are facing today or I'm facing today that's too hard for him. Make God big in your thinking. Make problems small in your thinking. I've told this story but I'm going to tell it again. I heard this, you know, uh, that, that there was, we, I've read Brother Hagen's books for, for, for years since I was a Christian. And, and I remember him telling about this group of women that would pray in one of the churches that he had. And the way he described it is this. He said this, if you want something done, you know, let them pray. If you don't want it done, don't let them pray. And one year at camp meeting, one of the women from this, this prayer group was in attendance. And she was back of the platform in what they'd call a green room where people were hanging out. And, and Doug Jones walked up to this woman and, and said this. He said, tell me what's different about your prayer meeting and our prayer meetings today. You're the one that Brother Hagin said got things done, got the answer. And she didn't hesitate to answer. And what she said is this. When we got together to pray, we'd spend a good chunk of time, 20 minutes at least, talking about how big God is. He said, then we'd pray. And whatever we prayed about after that seemed small. The problem nowadays is people come together and spend 20 minutes or more talking about the problem and then go to pray. And the problems have become humongous and God has become small. We want to spend time talking about how great God is. You know, over the years, I've been criticized for this. Can I tell you what I've been criticized for? You'd think, oh, nobody ever criticized you, right? right? I get criticism. 
One thing I've, more than any, I've been criticized for is not preaching enough on sin. That's what I've been criticized for the most. You want to know why I don't? Because I've made a purpose to emphasize the righteousness of God. To talk about what God has done. To make Him bigger. To make salvation bigger. So that sin is something that's no big deal. It's something that isn't going to dominate us. You know? People are aware of sin. I was totally, you know, as a sinner, I was very aware of sin. Very aware. But I was hardly, hardly aware of how much God loved me and how great His forgiveness was for me. And when I started to hear about God's love and His forgiveness, that's what pushed me over the edge. That's what made me go, yeah, I can do this. In my mind, Christianity was a bunch of legalism. And I'm telling you what, in my mind, if you didn't do things right, even if God didn't get you, the church would. I heard Mark Hankins. You guys know Mark Hankins? He grew up a pastor's kid. His dad was a pastor down in, uh, down in Texas. I forget the town, but a uh, small town in Texas. And uh, he was telling a story one time. He says, I hear people saying they grew up in the hood. Things were rough. He says, you don't know rough till you grew up in the church. <laughs> now, that isn't true here. That isn't true here. But I'm just talking about the other church, okay? <laughs> Psalm 118. Psalm 118, verse 6. It says, the, the Lord is on my side. I'll not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord takes my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. What are we talking about today? We're talking about staying under the mighty hand of God. Staying under the mighty hand of God will in turn put us over in this world that we live in. Romans 8.31, one of my favorites again. It says, what shall we say to these things? You ever, you ever been surrounded? You ever been surrounded in life where, where, where pressures and circumstances are bombarding you and it's hard to not think about them. It's hard to shake them. It's hard to get them off your, 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 your realm of consciousness. Here's what Paul says. What shall we say to these things? You wonder what to say? Say this. Say, if God is for me, who can be against me? He says, what shall we say to these things? Here's what you say. If God is for me, who could be against me? God is for me. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things. Sometimes people will think, well, I know God is great. I know he's, 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 you know, the God of all gods, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's no God like our God, but would he really help me in the problem that I'm facing today? Here's what Paul said. He said, he that spared not his own son, how much will he gladly 
help you in the situation you're facing today. He didn't hold back his best. It would be an insult to think that God wouldn't help us in what we're going through today. If someone had like, uh, you know, I don't have this, but say you had a, uh, well, let's say this. Say you had a Mont Blanc pen and you just took it and you gave it to someone. And then, and then uh, you know, they said, wow, thank you. And then they said, and you, they needed a pencil and you had a pencil in your pocket and you said, well, I don't know if I could ask for that pencil though. That'd be ridiculous. They just gave you a Mont Blanc pen. How, how much freely, how much more freely would they give you a pencil, a number two pencil with a red eraser on top? I mean, how much more? God gave the best thing that he had. He gave Jesus for us. How will he not also freely give us everything? He'll give us everything. I'm going to read the rest of this. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who's he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who's even at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You know, there's a full of questions here. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it's written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, in all these things, we're more and conquerors through him that loved us. See, God loves us. None of these things pose a threat compared to God's unshakable love for us. It says, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us, for I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, height, depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. God's for you. He's not against you. His love is unshakable, unbreakable, and it's there for you. He's there in times of trouble to get you up. One more scripture, Psalm 36, 7. It says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. So what I'm saying today is that in the good days, in the bad days, in times of trouble, in times of pressure, in times when circumstances are beating us over the head, what we need to be mindful of is this. God loves us. He's for us. And there is provision. There's protection under his mighty hand. Amen. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.